Welcome to What CEOs Talk About. Do you wonder what CEOs talk about behind closed doors? How they bring their vision to reality? How do they overcome and succeed through adversity? We share that and so much more with each episode. Now, let's get started with the show. Good day, everybody, and welcome. Today is going to be a cash, well, cash, but yet deep episode. I am recording from my backyard, as I can, as you guys can see. And if you're just listening, then uh, too bad for you. But the sun is shining. It is July. And uh, here with Boris Maganich from 360 Pros. He is the founder. Uh, Boris, how long has 360 Pros been in, alive for? just over four and a half years four and a half years and this uh we'll talk about the company it is an amazing journey and we'll hear a little bit more about today so my name is martin hunter i'm the host of what ceos talk about where we translate strategy into frontline operations today my guest boris 360 pros virtual media inc um we are going to get into the details of what the organization does because i think if there's something innovative and out there that's what it is uh, Boris, thank you for being on the show. Much appreciated. Thanks for having me. Did you hear that beep? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you need to turn it off. So uh, I don't even know what notify what like notifications are so integrated now with everything that you know a thousand devices beep. It's like shut up, man. I I just let me live my life. The man oh. being <laughs> computer man. <laughs> shut up, computer man. <laughs> Boris, tell, so uh, one question that I ask all the guests, usually in the pre-show, but we know each other quite well. What is the one thing that when, when we go live with this and we go with social media, what are people going to, what do people that know you don't know about you that is different? So for example, one of my previous guests is I don't go shopping. Like I never go to the mall. <laughs> my brother mm. does all my shopping. What is the one thing that is I'll say quirky or fun or different that uh, people who most likely know you will not say, Oh shit. I didn't know that about Boris. I don't shower. Just kidding. Ah! <laughs> like, Oh, I know that. I <laughs> uh, uh, shit, man. I can't think of one. You got me on the spot. Got you on the spot. All right. Mm -hmm. Think about it. So I'll what think about is it. it'll come to me. Like we'll be talking about something important. Uh, you know, and then all of a sudden I'll completely take a left turn. I'll forget what we were discussing and maybe we're close to some sort of epiphany. I'll be like, Hey, I know what people don't know about me. <laughs> what were we talking about before? We're about to figure out world hunger. Oh my goodness. So what is the, like all the guests, I let you pick the title of the show. What's the title of the show for today, Boris? Uh, what business is a spiritual journey. Business is a spiritual journey. So or maybe even business as a spiritual journey. Business you know? as a spiritual journey. I think that it's works. A metaphor, either way. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So why uh so tell us a little bit about you. Let's start with your journey first. So you know, how did it all start? Let's go back as far as you want. Just maybe not 1987, but uh <laughs> go down the path. Tell us your 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 journey about yourself and you becoming a founder and organization and and then how did 360 pros come about so tell us about but a bit about your journey sure the origin story yeah. i like this story um 
So I think there's maybe when I say the story, there's like three seeds that were planted um, that led to the founding of 360 Pros. Uh, and the first seed, let's see if I remember the order correctly. Right. So I used to work in the film industry and for an IATSE, which you know, a lot of people work for locally. It's just the like the North American or global even film union. And I was a member of construction specifically in the uh, sculpting department because I'm like my father's an artist, painter, sculptor. I'm fairly creative, good with my hands, good with visualization and depth and stuff. So working, building set pieces with my hands. Uh, and what's nice about that kind of work is it can be fairly repetitive and monotonous, but you can listen to audiobooks and podcasts. And, and I did a lot of that. And anyways, that, that actually is, is a bit about the second seed. But let's say the first seed, I think it was after work, you know, I'm tired, watching a, a TV show. I think it was Suits. And I, I just remember having this thought experiment of, well, these actors are in this room, they're having a discussion and we're following them, there's a story. And now they leave that room, there's still somebody in that room or the camera can only follow one direction. But what's their story? Like real life is multidimensional. Mm -hmm. We're in, in a narrative, we, we have, uh, the director chooses one story and we follow it, et cetera. Like, well, wouldn't it be neat if you could look around and see other stories pan out? And if you look in one direction, you know, the audio, you get that there's a narrative there. You look the other direction and there's something. It's just, you know, maybe choose your own adventure style thing. It was just a silly thought experiment. I was picturing like some kind of device that you can put on and then some kind of camera system that can see in every direction. So seed one, uh, the second seed maybe happened to give some context. This could be like, maybe, let, let's say seven or eight years in the past, uh, maybe even nine. See, the second seed that was planted, I would say was a year after that or so, maybe two. A friend of mine shows mm -hmm. me his VR, a VR headset that his cell phone mm -hmm. straps into. And, you know, we, I, I put the headset on and I see this, you know, I don't think they showed me a game. I think he showed me a film trailer, two, two different types of experiences. One was a film trailer and, you know, things are happening around me. And I just, I was so impressed with it as I, you know, to my recollection now, the quality couldn't have been great. This was like the first version of the Gear <laughs> VR for anybody that is, knows VR. Pixelized then, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's a Minecraft, your hand looks like Minecraft or something. <laughs> so actually, so not like that, it was a video. So picture a video. Oh, gotcha. And I'm gotcha. not walking through uh, a virtual set or anything. I'm actually watching a pre-recorded video. So okay. it was a film trailer. And it was filmed, not like CG, like not computer visual. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it was um, some kind of trailer where I think uh, uh, the, you know, your first person view yeah. or no, your third person view, there's like an action scene around that I think it was like some kind of gun scene or chase scene. Okay. And I wasn't the hero. I was like third person fly on the wall watching it happen. Uh, and it just was so, I was so immersed. I'm like, this is nuts. This is so cool. Right. And then I'm like, this is so what I was thinking a few years ago. Clearly there's people who are smart, you know, tinkering and figuring out this technology. There's something called VR and this is what a version of it is. And anyways, the third seed was while I was working now, uh, listening to audiobooks, And there's an audiobook by a guy named Kevin Kelly. And 
and shout out to Kevin Kelly. Anybody who hasn't read the book, The Inevitable, it's called mm-hmm. The Inevitable, 12 Technological Forces That Govern Like the Future 30 Years or something like that. Um, check out that book because it is, it is. if you're into tech and if you're into building like tech businesses, this is the Bible. You'll find so, every time you read it, you'll find so much in good stuff in it. So Martin, if you haven't read it, check I it have out the book. not. And I'm curious. I was like, oh, wow, I gotta, I gotta figure that one out. I gotta read that one. It's so good. It's not like a business book, like chapter one, write a business plan, chapter two. So it's nothing like that. I would say people who are interested in technology or people who are interested in technology businesses will get something from this book just because he takes trends the way that things have been to make predictions about the way that things will go. And not in the sense of like, uh, what is it called? Like a profit. Like he doesn't say Nike will create this sort of shoe. It's just like, this is the general trend. And the trends were moving, you know, one chapter was about we're, we're not building physical goods because costs are nearing zero. So therefore, we're going to be industry switching to service-based things. Mm-hmm. Another one is augmented reality and virtual reality. Another trend is screening. We're spending more time on screens. You know, mm-hmm. the book's a few years old now. So these things are like, well, yeah, obviously. Uh, a big portion of the book was about um, artificial intelligence and what it actually is, machine learning style, AI and automation stuff. And there was a chapter about, um, it was two chapters, the, the chapter on AR, VR, mm-hmm. and then also the chapter on things, uh, business moving from service, or sorry, from goods-based to service-based. And all of a sudden, you know, you know that feeling, or I hear some, like, I think of like a cheesy thing, like there's a moment in your, like there's, everybody yeah. has one moment in their life, you, you know, you could miss it that moment could like change your life some bullshit like yeah, that yeah, you know yeah. the, the, the crossroads and i just had this feeling that i'm like this is this this realization that i need to start a business that, that incorporates some sort of vr element as a yeah. service like I, I gotta do this this is what i gotta do and i, and I was so excited i the, the fire that was lit uh in my belly it was just such an exciting feeling i i can remember it uh and uh, uh you know i was i wanted to like phone my mom phone my dad like, hey i just figured it out you know <laughs> you're lucky because i mean you're lucky because there's a lot of there's a lot of business owners and founders that that can't actually recall when that happened and it's it's quite it's quite uh because i ask the question often when was it born when it was born is like kind of like hmm. it evolved and it, it it creeped up on me right yeah and i like your version because there's actually a time and moment where you recognize you go man like i gotta put something together on that where you realize the gap in service or the service needed to be done delivered you know the gap analysis the needs analysis call it whatever you want and as i was like oh shit this is it this I got something here that I don't know is it, that's out there. So good on you for pinpointing that time in in space uh, where it was born. Well, you know now that now in hindsight, when you say something like seeing that gap in need, etc., at, at that you know then I had no idea what the hell that even means, right? So when when you say it was running off of intuition, it wasn't even intuition; it was dream. It was dreaming. Uh, I just th- saw that there was because of how affected and impacted I was. And of course there's biases. Cause like I said, there's that almost like the breadcrumb trail or that those seeds that were planted. So of, of course I'm biased to, to these things that I realized. Um, 
but I just thought this, this is going to be the future, a, a version of this, a version of VR or some kind of immersive experience because of how impacted I was by wearing that VR headset. And there's, there's, some, there's something to this. I don't know what the industry looks like. I have no, no clue. I just know that it's, if I can be moved, then this can be used to move people. And if people can be moved, well, then they can make decisions better or they can experience something or they can be fulfilled or they can get something that they don't have before. And it, you know, it was innocent. It was like, you know, some of the first VR experiences and it's ironic. I don't put on a VR headset very often at all. Mm -hmm. I just imagine it as opposed to experience it now, but it was like put on a headset to be able to go skiing in the Alps because I'm a, I don't know, paraplegic or something, or I just don't have the skills that a Olympic level skier or something can do. So now I can strap on the headset and see what that's like. Mm -hmm. So just, you know, experience based to even thinking about, uh, let's say exposure um, therapy, if you have some kind of PTSD or if you have some some kind of anxieties about certain things or, or phobias. So, so there's some practical elements of that. So there's some therapeutic elements that, that, I, that I imagine. Mm -hmm. It was more so, it was less that and more just like, this is really cool. What can I do with this? So it was like the technology came first as opposed to the need. That's all maybe, right. Maybe, That's maybe right. there was some intuition with the need, <laughs> but the technology and the experience came first. It was like the solution first and then, okay, let's pair needs. And that's been a, a challenge um, throughout the years of like figuring out what the Hell360 Pros actually really is uh, because I had done it the, this, I would say backwards way. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't say backwards because there's a lot of people that take that background and say, hey, how do I make this work? How to make the, make this work? And and really mm -hmm. it doesn't, it, the point is that you had something and you're like, Oh shit, is there actually a need for it? Right. Yeah. Cause you saw that. So what does, what does 360 pros do currently? Well, I guess in, in a, in a nutshell, we create, we use VR and like virtual reality and augmented reality style uh, experience and media to create sales presentations to, you know, I would say in the most basic fundamental core function way. Uh, and it's to get buy-in from customers, to get um, buy-in from stakeholders and investors on projects. Who, um, um, let's take a specific example. I think you guys work with developers, correct? Yeah, yeah real estate developers and, it's a broad so, term. Yeah. So I think there's a, uh, and, and developers in, in buildings, right? So tell us, walk us through the journey. Like what does, what does, if, if, uh, if a company, a big developer comes up to you guys and says, Hey, Hey, so what's the customer journey for these guys? What do they get mm. uh, in that, that partnership with you guys? Sure. Well, sometimes say if it's a developer or somebody that's, manages or is in charge of physical facilities okay so when we say real estate the uh, you know the term real estate could mean many different things to different mm. people it could be the exchange of real estate um so then facilitating that let's say sales mm -hmm. mortgage or it could be the construction the development etc uh rental so many different things but i would just say when, when you think of when we work in real estate it's a broad sense anything mm. that involves land and a facility that people need to show and that facility can exist or it doesn't have to. So either we'll film it as it exists because they want to 
book the event space mm-hmm. or we'll recreate it digitally or sorry, no, we'll create it digitally based on plans because they want to get investors or stakeholders on board. They want to get cities on board or get tenants, future tenants on board. But that's the, the, the best way to explain the product itself. So people understand the product itself is a sales presentation or a presentation in general. So people can understand what something is to make better decisions. Faster. Okay, good. So, so that there's a product. So now how do we, to answer your, your question, if a developer comes, sometimes they'll just come and say, hey, we want a virtual tour of, of our presentation center. And they'll, they'll come with, with something in mind. And it's very mm-hmm. specific and niche compared to really the, 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 the spectrum of what we do. The other one can be, all right, we would like to use maybe a more broad question. Like we would like to use virtual tours because we don't have, we can't give physical access to our mm-hmm. certain spaces that exist, like our presentation centers and our show homes, display homes. Uh, and we also, you know, we're pre-leasing or pre-selling uh, places that don't exist and they won't for a few years, but we got a whole bunch uh, in the pipeline. We need we need to create visuals of those. And it seems that virtual tours would be the best way to do it. So what can you do for us? And if that's the case, our, let's say, full stop uh, value offer to these types of clients, developer clients, when it comes to you know, engaging with the city and community about, let's say, rezoning a piece of land or developing a high rise or a, you know, multifamily complex or whatever, mm. there's certain steps that the, the developer needs to take even before they can start thinking of construction. So they need to see visuals. The city needs to see visuals, what it's going to look like. And so does the community and they can have negotiations. So we can build visuals of things that don't exist yet based on their preliminary plans. And then you apply AR and VR around it. So one of the products is Skyview. So basically you go and imagine for those who are listening, uh, imagine going on Google maps, going at the building, around the building, in the building, looking at floor plans, looking, clicking on it and looking at, Hey, this place has got this. Let take me to the gym, show you the gym. Um, schools i'm assuming facilities right um mm. what you know i want to i want to show my facility I'm, I'm thinking about universities for students that come from abroad and go hey listen here's a virtual tour of the school so yet you don't get i can think of real estate agents for high-end you know places that go hey listen you don't have to fly down i can show you a house in Vegas, for example, and say, hey, listen, you live in New York and you want to visit a place in in um, in Vegas and you were potentially purchasing. There's so many applications for this. It's just crazy. I can only think about um, Boris and I in the pre-show we're talking about. Yeah. So there's a there's um, a car dealership. They want you to come into the dealership, experience the dealership, get into the car and have that experience of sitting in the car, maybe driving the car at speed if it's a if it's a high speed car and, and you don't feel comfortable. There's so many applications. I, yeah. It is super, super, super cool as a product and a service. And I think everybody who has a physical presence or a physical location that they want to market. I mean, this is this is the arrow in your quiver that's gonna make the kill. 
uh, in my opinion. I mean, your sales, somebody's ability to sell is, is very important. And if you want to have like a piece of marketing material, I mean, this is the cat's meow for sure. Totally. And when, you know, we can talk about the facility and capturing space and that's like, I guess, technically what we do is we capture existing real world spaces and recreate them virtually through VR. And, and I use the term, uh, I'll say VR like, or augmented mm. reality like experience because they really, they're developed for flat screen, like Google street view, you can click on and it's an immersive experience. You're not putting on a VR headset. Yeah, yeah. I love the concept of VR. Don't get me wrong because that's what really got me interested in the first place, but VR, you know, these are 360 experiences, 360 and 3D experiences on a flat screen. You can go through and, and experience it as if you're there. If somebody has a VR headset, you can put one on and, and our media works in VR as well, but it's mostly primarily used on screens. So I like to say VR-like, but, um, you know, we actually create the content. The technology we use is creating content, but really when you mentioned that whole, um, the car dealership, there is, a, there is a journey through which a customer maybe they're not a customer yet, a prospect mm -hmm. becomes a, uh, uh, you know, um, uh, qualified to then, you know, they're, they, they go through the stages of, of customer development to then becoming mm -hmm. a buyer. That's the journey through which we want to take the end user of our product because we're a B2B to C mm -hmm. service. So the end user has a job they want done. We want to be the facilitator filler of that job. So if it's a sports car, Let's picture I don't know, a Lotus or something. Mm -hmm. Walking into the dealership, talking with the salesperson, looking at the car, seeing the specs, sitting inside, holding the steering wheel, and then taking it for a drive. There's something about that experience that sells the the product. And then of course there's the brand itself. Okay, so Lotus, mm -hmm. you know, has a brand, or let's say Ferrari or someone has a brand, but you you so you feel that. The, the experience of going to the dealership, you're reminded of the brand, you see the branding, the colors, you see the car, it's exciting. So then you make that purchase if you have money, <laughs> especially from the <laughs> test drive. And that experience that there, it, you require a one salesperson in one location at once, it's, it's, it's challenging to scale. So our vision, our goal is to be able to scale such an experience. Now there's some things you can't do virtually for sure. We all yeah. figure that out through going through COVID. <laughs> um, you know, there's some things that you can't do virtually, some things that you can do virtually, uh, other that you can do and you can do it really well. So through us, the journey, uh, and this is, this is tying into the title, spiritual journey. So business to me is a spiritual journey. There are steps. Um, you know, if you get your MBA and you, 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 you built businesses, there are steps that you got to take organized ways of getting to an end result. But when you're creating a business, let's say like ours, there it's a it's spiritual because spirituality doesn't have the predefined steps that you have to follow in order to get to that mm -hmm. i don't know end place awakening right <laughs> <laughs> that's what we're looking for right now we we want to be able to fulfill this user journey on behalf of our clients for their customers their users to be able to facilitate better sales better jobs better experiences etc so i mean it and let, let's get back to the title. When we talk about spirituality is, you know, when somebody purchased something, they purchase for their future being how they see themselves. If I buy this, this is what's going to happen. Right. Yeah. If I'm, if I'm buying a new pair of hiking boots, it's because, you know, my hiking boots are old. They might, I'm my feet get, get, might get wet. My knees might hurt. So I'm saying, well, if I buy this, my knees are not going to get 
her, her hurt and my feet are going to stay dry. So the same thing with this spiritual journey, regardless of the journey, the spiritual journey is to say, well, how do I, what steps do I need to take to become this? And I think that two little people and now business with this COVID and decentralization of these big companies and everybody getting onto that entrepreneurial journey. It is about becoming a better person. It is about how do I become a better dad, a better husband, a better partner, whatever you want to choose. There's a, there's a path forward for education as well. Cause I think spirituality is about awareness uh, to not say, so what's your version? What's your take? Why did you choose that? The term spirituality. Yeah. Well, when I think of spirituality, we could compare it to let's say chaos and order. Um, so chaos is the unknown. Mm-hmm. That's it. Chaos isn't a bad thing. It's just unknown things mm-hmm. you don't know. And order is what you do know. Fall in the mm-hmm. books. Fall in the rules. Uh, a journey is hopping. Let's say pick, pick, you know you're hopping in and out through steps of chaos through yeah. order and and. Um, it, it, now that I think of it, it really ties in uh, the, the concept of a spiritual journey because the customer's going through a spiritual journey in the sense of they're making a decision based on their emotion, right? Mm-hmm. Their emotion, their, their, you know, their, their driver of their decisions is, is themselves, their spirit. And I don't mean spirit mm-hmm. in the sense of like a ghost living inside. Yeah, 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 I just mean, right. you know, the sense of being, the sense of yeah. who you are as your spirit, right? Uh, and then, you know, they could have that goal, that outcome, that desired outcome, which you speak of, uh, which is, I have these boots, they're, they hurt my knees. And now I would also add one more thing is because I want to hike better, I mm-hmm. need to get these boots because I picture myself being a better hiker. Yeah. So you're buying, you know, the, the, the job is the, the better hike. I want to have more yeah. enjoyable hikes. Therefore, I want to get these boots, et cetera. That's a spiritual journey right there. You, why the hell do you want to hike in the first place? Okay, we don't have to, we don't have to dive down that. Rabbit we can hole. go, point we can is, go why, 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 yeah. I like asking those whys. Uh, but that is a spiritual journey, right? But he has an end goal in mind. Sometimes you just don't have an end goal in mind. Then you're, then you're, then you're sort of floating down the river of chaos. And that's a challenging thing to do, but it's still a journey. It just might not be defined. Maybe the waves uh, are throwing you around more. But then when you start, when you're going through chaos at a certain point, you're like, okay, well, I want some order. So I have this end goal. I want to hike better. Okay. So now you start pointing yourself in that direction. And the the journey, the spirituality itself is going through that river. But now you're starting to pull yourself together and start finding steps. And now these steps are the steps of order, right? Mm -hmm. Steps you discover or you read about in a book or an audio book through a mentor, through going to school. And those help you uh, do something more efficiently, right? Mm-hmm. And the journey itself is finding a balance between those two, because if you just follow order, you're not going to get anything new done. And maybe that's fine. That's okay. I guess for myself, I, that's not the, the, the steps that I take. That's why it's a journey. I want to discover something. So finding that balance between order and chaos or spirit, is, is the spiritual, I guess, aspect of it. Yeah, the the liberated or the liberation, right? I, I for, those who, for those who listen and watch, you know I'm all about the acronym that Tim Ferriss put out there. It's called DEAL, Direction, Elimination, Automation, Liberation. And ultimately, when you're, when you're following the footpath, when, you, when you've got order and you've got a checklist, your head's down. 
right? Your head's down and you're looking right. down and you're following that checklist. So yeah. there's really no opportunity for discovery or curiosity. Or you, can, just, you, you can stumble it upon it by accident. Yeah, by and accident. Some awesome inventions come that way, but you're right. It's like, where do you innovate when you have your head down? Exactly. So the chaos is as needed to be. To, so to your point, if you're, and, and I, it just came to me, as you're riding your, your raft down the river, right? Mm. If you've got order, and so I'm going to decide to row, yeah, right? That's order. And then so that's order. So you're deciding to row. So you're facing backwards. You don't know what's in front of you. And you kind of see what's on the shores, but only from the perception of looking in one way backward, maybe glancing left or right. If you let chaos take you, most likely the drag, the wind will bring you sideways. And then the current will shape, will change you. And now the focus is really, even if you keep your eyes straight, you're going to see the river in different angles and different lights at different times. And therefore be able to discover and appreciate the journey more than the activity. Am I rowing to row to stay fit or to get to somewhere mm -hmm. where the spiritual way is just to let yourself float and live the experience. And I think that that two little people, you know, there's a lot of things on social media. You're an entrepreneur, get shit done, work hard, rah, 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 rah. And they forget to appreciate the journey. And yeah. I think that that is a critical component that you've highlighted right there. Well, you know, as we're talking right now, like these the ideas come to mind and then, uh, you know, if I want to put some attention to them, I work them out. And the way that I work them out, as you've identified through conversations in the past, uh, is by talking. So yeah. I'm figuring it out as I, as I speak it right now. So I think what I mean by business as a, as a spiritual journey, the journey requires some form of an idea of an endpoint. I want to make yes. a discovery. So if you're floating down, you could float down the river of chaos. Let's use that metaphor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds so religious or something. But it's uh, so cool though. It is, yeah, it is pretty cool in I my can, opinion. I can, yeah, I, I, can picture, I can picture it, right? And you're just you're being thrown around by the, the current and the mm. rapids. Uh, that's not a journey. You're in hell then. <laughs> Am I going to fall over? Am I going to drown? Like, ah, I'm holding on for dear yeah. life, right? Yeah, yeah. But then you start rowing. And I would say, you know, why you start rowing might not even be necessary, but then you start rowing and then you start paying attention to things and you start finding some forms of order. Now you're on a journey. So you could be lost for a long time on the river. Uh, and then it's not really a journey or maybe it, maybe it was the start of one that you, you weren't even aware of yet. It hasn't entered your conscious yet, but then you start organizing things that you find within chaos. That to me is the journey going through the chaos, finding things, organizing them, Maybe you organized floating logs and you jumped upon them. Maybe you don't even have a raft. You're just floating down this river. And then you find a log, you jump on it. You build, your you first build a sense raft. Of, yeah. yeah. Your first sense of order, you build your raft. Then you yeah. build an oar. And then you go on. Right. And, and then, so then, yeah, well, I'll stop diving down that rabbit hole. But, but I no, think, I think, I think it's, it's worthwhile talking because there's <laughs> so many business analogies, right? When, I mean, when you started your business, you said, I, I've got an idea. How do I, how do I monetize the ideas? The second brain is there a need for that? So you get, hey, I got a great idea. Now you realize, oh, there is a need for that. I've monetized. So that journey takes you there, and I think that without conversation, without yeah. 
you know, what I've missed the most through COVID is not to be able to sit down and, mm. and, and really appreciate, you know, Sunday dinner or, or having lunch with somebody and, and, and just talking about anything and everything and discovering that yeah. the spiritual journey for me in business is, you know, you come to realize, okay, I'm coming to a bend. There's no way that you can go back in time. You have to make a decision. You have to make a decision. Do I go left? Do I go right? Right. There's a why. And the, and then you make that decision. And now you realize that, okay, so now every time I go left, you know, there's always something left because it's South facing or whatever it is. Then you come to realize, well, maybe I should go right again. So same thing with business. I think that there's, uh, there's the benefit of trial and error, which people call failing. And I don't like yeah. the term fail. I prefer trial and error. So you trial it. Is it enabling or is it creating more risk, right? Depending on the situation that you have. And I think that that is something that is not um, well balanced in the entrepreneur world. Too many go fail, 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 fail. Well, you can keep on failing if you don't learn from it. If you don't take the time, as you say, well, what's the end goal? How do I want to use it? There's continuous improvement process that is plan, do, track, adjust. Now you're applying a framework to chaos. So it's yeah. back to order. So living yeah. kind of in both worlds to your point is, is critical in on the journey to on the journey of building your business. Mm -hmm. And that, that I think that that spiritual journey for business is to say, well, and, you know, Boris and I were talking earlier on about mergers and acquisition. When is the right time as a founder to stay on or stay off, right? Mm -hmm. What decisions, what tools are you going to make? Um, why? Why do you got to do it? Why, what's the point? You're like, when, when, what is the, uh, you know, the framework through you to make a decision? What are the financial, you know, what is pointing towards let's say coming up with a valuation. Do you, do you make that decision before the valuation and an offer comes in? You're like, well, I don't even know what the hell your $10 million offer. What's that based on? And what's that related to? Does that mean that, that the business has valuation of hundred mil and you know, you get a good deal right now and, and I'm a uh, less wise one or, you know, so finding, you know, the metrics against which to gauge those kinds of decisions is at least, for myself, let's say that this is the journey aspect of it because I, I don't have an MBA and I didn't go to school for business. I just figured this out by floating on a raft <laughs> and also having a, a figure it out, like put, put, put the gloves on and go do and mm -hmm. talk to people and be curious, right? Uh, well, there's things I don't know. So then let me, let me learn that. So then you start and, and it ties in with your discussions on Sunday, you know, dinner. These are your, your family, the people that you already know, but you still discover something new through a discussion that maybe you didn't know about them before. Uh, for, for myself, the things that I didn't know, I look to podcasts, I look to groups uh, on like Facebook or different mm -hmm. sort of social media type things and looked on tutorials and learned how to do it. And then that was a part of that journey, leaning on the people who had the expertise in something to figure out how to get something done, right? So you have an idea and you, and, and you're open to discovery and that's mm -hmm. your openness to chaos. But mm -hmm. then 
you start meeting people who are, let's say even people who are like-minded, mm-hmm. right? So then these like-minded people are, let's say, you know, you can call that networking or whatever, they help you go along that journey and then you're discovering and then you're creating order. So you meet somebody, they help you put some order to it. You, you see a little bit more clearly what's in front of you down the river and then you, you kind of keep, you keep going down that route. And I think with, with a lack of, let's say, experience, because four and a half years, it's not a long time compared to some people have 20, 30 plus years of experience building businesses, selling businesses, this and that. What I've learned and what I'm learning is like the, the, the stages that you go through, we call these developmental stages. So maybe there's another way that you could look at it. The spiritual journey is, is stages of development. You go from not knowing to being curious to knowing a little bit more, and then you continue to develop. Right. You can apply that framework to all aspects of life. Absolutely. Maybe this is this is why I, I like to call it a spiritual journey, because uh, anybody that's in business should be thinking this way, no matter how much you know, because there's always something you can discover. If you have 30 years of experience, 35, 40 years of experiences, but you got your head down because now you have only process. You could benefit a lot from jumping into the river. <laughs> absolutely. You know? I, absolutely. I mean, for me, the. The one thing, if you go to competency, you go, there's four stages, right? So um, consciously incompetent, then you go to, uh, so you know you don't know how to do something. That's number one. Then, Before that, you're subconsciously yes, incompetent. So consciously and inconsciously, and, and I'm going to try to get this right because there's too many words. Uh, so when you start your journey, you're unconsciously incompetent. So you don't yes. know what you don't know. Exactly. Then you know, so now you're consciously incompetent. Correct. And then you move over to the next one where you are incompetent unconsciously and then ultimately anyways the ultimate goal is to be unconsciously competent meaning that you can drive the car have a cup of coffee and talk to somebody all at the same time and be safe by doing all these things because repetition skill development all that stuff has become you know uh when i do performance management there's key questions that I ask all the time and people ask me, leaders ask me, and they go, Hey, Holy Moses, how did you get there so fast? Well, like, cause I'm good at questioning because I practice and it becomes unconsciously competent, you know, uh, clear expectation. What did you do last week? What's the, what were you asked to do? What were the expectations? Did you meet those expectations? You know, what kind of feedback am I going to give you? Am I going to give you success feedback or guidance feedback? If I have to give you guidance feedback, what am I going to measure to be able to get there? And I get there in five minutes. So um, I think that the the journey, regardless if you have experience, so I'm going to give you a bit of a story here. So um, working with uh, BNSF Railways way back in the day, and then one of the things that we had to do with them is is to really help people focus on safety. They wanted to be the top rated safety um, level one uh, rail company in the U S. And uh, so I go down South and this, this guy, his father was a railroader. His grandfather was a railroader and he was a railroader. So railroading ran through his blood and I'm very proud of it. And he said, well, I don't know what you're going to teach me in this Southern drawl. And, and uh and I said, hey, listen, I'm not going to teach you anything. I'm just going to give you a different perception of how things are. 
So he goes in and I said, okay, what's the two things that you want to leave the crew with? And he says, well, uh, one is making sure that when they're on the cars, when they're building trains, that they get off the car, they don't get off the car before the car stops completely. And then the, I can't remember what the second one was, like was overtime or something like that. So anyways, he's like, I'm, so I think, what do you think you're going to score if I go and ask people what you're, what, uh, what two messages are? He says, well, I think I'm going to score 90 because I, I believe I'm going to score a hundred, but I want to be a little bit, uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, kind and, and respectful to what you bring to the table. So anyways, we go in, it takes 20 minutes to deliver the message. I bring two sticky notes. I give two sticky notes to the 10 people that were there. And it's okay. Now that Mr. X is gone here, what are the two key messages? And uh, so I collected those came back and I showed him and I said, okay, what do you think you scored? And he says, again, he said, I, I think I scored 90. I'm just going to be, you know, uh, um, a, a little bit kind to what you think you're going to bring. So I said, how do you feel you shot 50%? He was devastated. <laughs> he was devastated. As so I said, so why, what do you think happened? He says, I don't know. I mentioned about, you know, getting off safely. And I, I said, well, let's change what you did is you, you, you did a little bit of context you put the meat in the middle, you put the two comments and then you left it open for, for questions. So they lost focus. So let's change the framework. So we went in, we said, here's what you need to do. Here's how you're going to do it. And then at the end, you're going to talk about these two uh, key points. And I did the same exercise and he shot a hundred percent with another group. So again, that journey of continuous learning, I think is what's important to kids. It's important to us. It's important to everybody. At what time, because I think one of your core values is really good, the sense of wonder. Mm -hmm. um, we have Ignite Curiosity at Urgio. So I think that sense of wonder is should be part of your spiritual journey. If you're in your business and you stop being curious, you stop wondering, it's, what are you doing, right? You're, you, do you think you're that good? I mean, I like I said, I love your your core values of wonder, right? And core value of wonder also goes in with, with, with two other ones, which are candor and, and humility. And the humility aspect is, uh, okay, we, one, one thing that I'm learning, and this maybe is, is tied to just as, as being, you know, mid thirties and to be at that stage of development, having family, <laughs> you know, introspection and curiosity, uh, people are very tied to their ego, all right? So they're mm -hmm. tied to their ideas. When really it's like, well, no ideas, you, you happen upon them. How much control do you really have of what comes to mm -hmm. mind? It just happens, right? So appreciate that and know that uh, maybe you, 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 an idea comes or an action comes, you react to something, you do, you fuck up, you mm -hmm. made a mistake. Or or the other, the other thing is like maybe this gentleman, he's been doing it for so long that he's going through the motions and he has tons of experience. He doesn't realize that, hey, it's actually not connecting. Mm -hmm. So then when he finds out it's not connecting, that can hurt. You can, if you can detach from that, that's a really good thing. So that's humility, being able to detach from, or I wouldn't even say maybe someone detached from, but own up to when you didn't do something good, being able to mm -hmm. discuss it. And then candor is being able to tell people. Candor can go both ways. So the candor of if you fucked up, maybe inside you know, you mm -hmm. won't tell anybody. Right. So maybe that's okay. I guess that's not humility. That's external humility. You score a zero <laughs> on. You tell somebody and you're candid about it. 
then to, to me, those are just really good ways of floating down that river, finding the order that you need in order to keep you afloat and, and getting maybe to where you want to go faster uh, compared to not, right? Because again, like too much chaos, you know, you, you don't get anything done. Too much maybe you'll have fun. Well, yeah, yeah, too, too much of balance. Too, yeah, balance yeah. is key, right? Uh, yeah. The yin and yang yeah. is, uh, is, is, is critical to that. And I think that as, as you had mentioned, I think there's not enough with all the PC that's going around, there's mm. not enough honesty. Yeah. And I think being honest is more important than being PC. Yeah. And without being disrespectful, there, well, if difference. you treat with people with kindness and respect and saying, hey, Boris, you know, what you did there is, is, is really causes risk within the organization. Well, I didn't realize that. Feedback mm. is a gift. Conversation is a gift. Democracy was built on discussion. Mm-hmm. and yeah. too many people are afraid they same thing you know with with hiring and firing most likely with firing people like shame on you if you get to a point where you have to fire somebody you've not provided that person the right tool or you didn't hire them properly mm-hmm. right you didn't hire them for success you knew that oh maybe they're not the right candidate but let's let's give them a shot Right. Is that fair to them? Is that fair mm-hmm. to you? Is that fair to the coworkers? Right. Mm-hmm. So that honesty with yourself and with others is critical. And if you treat everybody on the same level, you don't treat them better than you or worse than you. You treat them yeah. like the way that you want to be treated. And that has nothing to do with religion and has everything to do with being a normal human being. Uh, yeah, so. You don't have to be Christian. You don't have to be Muslim. You don't have to be, um, you don't have to be Buddhist to realize that you you, you treat you should treat people the way that you want to be treated. And, and it happens with kids. You have little yeah. kids. They smash. They steal something or they grab something from somebody else. You don't even have to tell them. Inherently, DNA wise, they know that it's not the right thing to do. So I think that that candor, core value that you have is. I mean, it's, it's, it's spiritual in its way. And, and you want to talk about now that I'm talking about it, you know, core values are what they're the demonstration of the process of how you want to be on a day-to-day basis within the organization. If mm-hmm. that's not a spiritual way of being, you say, this is how I want you to act, right? Uh, the Ten Commandments, thy shine not steal, thy shine not murder. You know, these are they're the same things as those are values. They're the same values that, that you put on the wall. Why should it be treated any differently? So I think your topic is very accurate. Um, so let me tell you how so let me ask you, I should say, how many how many people do you know that are in a similar situation? How many other entrepreneurs or CEOs that you know? Not too many. Not I'd like to know many. more. Yeah. You'd like to know more? Yeah. I mean, Ooh. of course, there's the, the people within our organization and some people that we know, but there's not a whole lot. Yeah. So which one, who do you, who do you know that runs a business? And tell me, what do they do? Are they, do they, do you feel that they have a spiritual journey or not? Do they understand that or are they very transactional? Like meaning, uh, here's a service that I offer, buy, sell, 
where they're not looking at transforming themselves, their employee or their clients, customers, big or small. Let me rephrase the question. Yeah. Which company that you know of that are, I'll give you an example. I was on LinkedIn this week or last week and NetSuite puts out, uh, not NetSuite, sorry, Hootsuite puts out a notice to reader saying, hey, everybody, don't try to get a hold of us, any of us. We're shutting down Hootsuite for an entire week. Hmm. We've been busting our backs, working hard. It's been really hard working through COVID. Shout out to Hootsuite for shutting down the, I think that's pretty spiritual. If you want to call it that putting people first. Mm. Um, now I don't know what they've done before to, if they've cracked the whip so hard that most people left and they were forced to do that. I hope not. Mm. Uh, so what, what do you, what is there a company that you know of? It doesn't have to be, you know, per, uh, specifically that you know of that would say, you know, these guys are, are role models in what I'm thinking about when I think about spiritual path or spiritual way of doing business. I don't know. I can't think of anyone off the top of my head. And I don't want to make that sound like like snobby or whatever. <laughs> like, yeah. There's no role models. No. Maybe it's just because because I'm relatively new to entrepreneurs and being at it for four and a half years that uh, I didn't come from a place of like, no, no one in my family has their own business. Uh-huh. And most of my friends don't some do, but it's fairly new. So it's just been stumbling through and, and figuring this out through the people that I meet. So I would say there, there's people along my spiritual journey that I could give so much credit to being in places. Like I mentioned Kevin Kelly for that book. Like, thank you, Kevin Kelly. I've emailed <laughs> him. I, I have an easy reply. It, it, Kevin, <laughs> you are very pivotal to <laughs> helping with this. Adam, my uh, business partner. Thank you, Adam. Uh, you believe in the uh, the vision like I do. Uh, you don't... Um, you don't realize how few people follow that type of journey, maybe, mm. uh, or at least to d- jive into it, uh, let's say consciously. And, they, and they're and they like eager and they're like, oh, right, let's figure this out until you start meeting the people that don't. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, as I learned, like there's nothing wrong with people who, who don't want to make this sort of carve this sort of path. Uh, but uh, yeah, it, it to coming back to the question of thinking of an organization, I, I don't know, maybe I've had my head down too much mm-hmm. thinking of how, focusing on my journey to look to how other people have gone through theirs. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe, um, you know, it's like, well, I'll, I'll leave it at that to just, maybe I just don't have a, a good answer for that question. That's all right. That's all right. I, for me, the one that I think has is Virgin. So Richard Branson, you, you look at what he's done uh, as an organization. And and, I mean, he just went into space for love of God. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, who puts humanity first and pushes for pushes through everybody that I've spoken to that has worked for or with Virgin all say people first they treat their their employees better than you their customers 
And so for me, that is a sign of betterment. And I think when, when I think of spirituality, I think of human beings. Mm-hmm. I don't think about, I think of, of the yeah. environment, the nature, yeah. but it's, it's, it's really our ability to project ourselves, right? We are uh, conscious beings and therefore our ability to project ourselves on, on what good and, and philosophy is, is critical. I mean, my, I, my spiritual journey is, is through stoicism. So I'm a big stoic. I believe in, in justice, courage, temperance, uh, and wisdom. And so those key fundamental apply to business as well. Like how, how, but they all apply to interaction. So, uh, sorry, I didn't interrupt. The, the, it, it froze for a second. So I heard you say stoicism. What were the ones in between that you said stoicism? Oh, so stoicism it? has as four pillars. So you have okay. justice, yeah. you have courage, wisdom, okay. and temperance. Those are the okay. four pillars, uh, the four key values of that. And okay. when you think of a business, and unless robots and AI take over yet, you know, 95% of business use 95% human beings to deliver their products or their services. Or so human beings are the recipient of their products and services. Or exactly. And there's an emotion component of purchasing, meaning that if you're putting emotions and dictation on mindset, I think having a spiritual mindset to say, what's your purpose of your, of your business? What are you looking to achieve? If I get to making a million dollars a month, what am I going to do with my time? And what am I going to do with the money, the gift that I've got, right? Mm -hmm. So are you a transactional business or are you a transformational business? Mm -hmm. And I think that that the journey dictates transformational, spiritual dictates to human beings. So I think your, your, your topic is very accurate, very timely and very appropriate for business to say, Hey, how am I? I mean, Simon Sinek drops this all the time, right? 51% people, 49% profit. If you just 1% more, just when crunch time comes, it's always going to be the people that win in that decision. Um, so yeah, that, that, I think that that's a, a wonderful topic that, so give us another, so you had that, one book what's another piece of reference that you find very useful going back to constantly maybe thinking of uh like let's say influences because there's lots of influences so many influences uh and even when you ask the question of businesses like i couldn't think off the top of my head i thought maybe like a small micro business or i just couldn't think of something but when you you mentioned virgin I'm like oh okay okay so any any style of business there's been times where I'm like, oh, yeah, here's a good example of business that gives a crap about people. That's really fantastic or, or et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. It, it, it seems that I don't know too much, but it seems that like, let's say Monday.com have mm-hmm. something pretty damn good going on over there. Um, but I don't know enough about them to be able to. Mm-hmm. But, and then I could say like a cliche thing, like, OK, so maybe Tesla's not an example of. Uh, well, they're a good example of here's an idea or or they're not transactional. When you, you speak of mm-hmm. transactional, and yet that is, it, it, it's the genesis of Tesla wasn't transactional. And, you know, some people might disagree with that, but 
look what they've comes now. Their valuation is so much beyond what it should. No, oh, absolutely. Be. If you think of traditional ways of like how much do you actually output in terms of products, but you know they've been able to they tap right into that emotion state, and people even the people who are transactional in their decision making, there's an emotion driving that uh, decision, not the other way around. Absolutely. They're not analyzing. They think they're analyzing, but when you go right down to the core, it's an emotion that's driving that decision. Because what the hell do they really know? It's their experience that you know. Is there so, a risk? Is there a risk, right? And that that emotional attachment is to risk. Their right? unconscious is calculating that. They're not. Yeah, absolutely. A hundred percent. You are a hundred percent correct. Mm -hmm. yeah. the, so just figuring figuring that out is is is, is key. And so I like that concept of fifty one forty nine. Because yeah, of course, the financing and the, the structures, well, if you don't have that, well, uh, you're, you're, you're nowhere. It makes me think, you know, you can apply structure. Now imagine this as a thought experiment, apply structure, sense of structure, let's say we'll call it business structure, because that's what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. And this would be operation structure specifically, the operations arm of a business. Uh, what if you apply structure to nothing at all, to pure chaos? Maybe nothing at all is the, is the wrong aspect. Um, can you take structure and apply it to someone floating down the river that's just crazy but there is no quite direction that they're that they're aiming at or maybe the other way of asking that question is how do you let's say you as urgio decide um there's potential there's trajectory in this let's say company or business or entity that mm. we're working with to get something done how, how do you know when hey okay this this journey is, is can be structured to, to create an output that is of value and i don't mean value whatever the hell value yeah, 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 yeah for sure for sure for sure i mean as soon as you apply one rule then you know i i watched um on youtube this guy who does painting punches a hole in a can over a canvas and just swings it right and then all of a sudden gravity, which is the mm. one rule that applies gravity against the volume provides direction and, and moves the can. And all of a sudden you've got a great design that has the exact same distance between all of them. So as long as you mm. apply one mm. rule to it, chaos becomes this art form that is absolutely beautiful for me. What amazes me to this day and that freaks me out every time I think about it. When you plant a seed, mm. how does it know to become a tree? What triggers it? Is it temperature? Is it humidity? Is it light? But if it is, how does this little piece of wood that is just minuscule knows to do what to do, when to do it? So I'll answer that question. It's because it's tried everything else and all else has failed except for what that is right now. And then <laughs> that's evolution, right? So that's the Darwin definition. Right? Exactly. But I believe that. So that seems... But how, is that, how is that information captured in that one little thing? Mm. Yeah, it's crazy. It's, it's like, it, it blows my mind. Yeah. I have a Japanese pear nishi tree that I, I in my backyard. And every, every morning is beyond me. I think about that all the time. Mm. I water it. How does it know to grow? Like, how does it know what to grow and what to grow? It's just, it, it, and then I think about the universe and how little we are and that scares the shit out of me. And then I just go, shit, I got to walk the dog. I got to change my mind. This scares the shit out of me. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> how so little funny. we are. And, and then. It reminds me of. Go ahead. Sorry. 
Oh, I was going to say, this reminds me of a conversation that we had I mean, a few weeks ago. And uh, what was it? It was something to do with, we were asking, well, why do people want to move forward instead of backwards? Or, or it was something along like, why do people, I think I might've even asked, why do people have the need to, ah, it was, it's to do with legacy. Why do people want to have a legacy beyond their life? Uh, do you remember that conversation? Yeah, it's biological. I want to. Yeah, like, oh, I want to leave something behind. Whereas for me, it's like, I don't give a shit. I mean, okay, I won't say I don't give a shit about leaving something behind, but I don't have this need to, like, let's say, have a bunch of kids to then move my legacy forward. And then you're like, well, no, you like to uh, learn. And what was something about teaching? Like, I like to teach. Yeah. I like to give people information because I've gotten this, this what I would like to say, wisdom from people, at least as, as I determine it mm-hmm. to be. Um and then apply it to my life somehow, and then give that to anybody who believes, uh, or give that to anybody that has this sort of drive, let's say, to do something with it. So I, I say to you, I'm a sponge for mentorship, and I'm a sponge for good leadership, but I think there's a lot of bad leadership, um, and there's a lot of bad teachers, but when the good one comes, like, give it to me. And and so, like, who are my mentors, or who, who is inspired? Like, there's so many different, like, walks. Like, mm-hmm. one person might have said one thing. Let's say Kevin Kelly, in the sense of there's so much wisdom in that damn book, which is unreal, that's been quite important to me. But I'll, I'll find wisdom in a, in, a, in a saying, in a movie, like a mm-hmm. comedy movie, like something so silly. I can't think of an example right now. I'm like, huh, that means a lot. Kung so- Fu Panda, man. Kung <laughs> Fu Panda. Ugwe the turtle yeah. says... His yesterday is is uh, no yesterday is history, tomorrow is a mystery, and today is a uh, today is a gift. That's why we call it the present. And to this day, uh, my kids, I was like, shit, that is that is wisdom, turtle dude. <laughs> that is wisdom. I challenge uh, you. To- I challenge you to extract wisdom from the, the the line if you ain't first, you're last from Talladega Nights. Let's see if there's any wisdom in that. No. But the, the the I think the point is you you made me realize that well, the way that I am uh let's say leaving a legacy behind is I wanna take what I've learned and and teach it to somebody else. Oh, I'm 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 and, I'm and thirsty that is... for information, so then pass it on to somebody, and then hopefully that is more positive than negative, and then the world grows or biologically, grows or and that's biological. Biologically, the Japanese, when I worked in, and lived in Japan, they have senpai kohai, right? And kind of like the Jedi masters, there's always a master and apprentice, right? Human beings, and not just human beings, biologically, we always want to educate. We feel the need to educate, but we also feel the need to learn. It's when I think that people forget that learning component. As we go older, we think we know everything, and there's this ego that you've mentioned about before and i think to be spiritual is to let go of that ego and Mm. and that applies to business as well let go of that ego you're a founder Mm. you know boris and i were talking business a little bit earlier on it when you've got an explosive growth company like 360 pros at a certain time you were learning and the founders if you don't learn as fast as the business then you're you're outpaced and the good founders understand that and saying, hey, the business needs a better leader that has more experience. I have the right attitude. I might be short on skills and I'm definitely short on experience. So how do I, how do I beef that up? How do I keep 360 Pro, my baby, air quotes, to keep progressing and learning? And you just kind of get out of the way of the, and so for me, like I, 
I know nothing about field hockey. I know a lot about rugby. I know a lot about coaching. When the first year that my daughter played field hockey, I really did not like the coaching methodology, the leadership methodology. And instead of pointing the finger, I jumped in. I knew nothing about field, never played field hockey before, watched YouTube. uh, And all of a sudden I started, you know, learning the component. How do I help? How do I do this? How do I, and my job was to facilitate and elevate these young ladies at a certain point. Now my daughter is going to be 14 and my skill is not there to be a good leader because I don't have the skills and experience to be able to benefit. And I have to move out of the way for the benefit of my daughter mm. as a coach. And so, I mean, cause I've, I've coached up with her as she's gone up, of course, and I could go back and coach to younger girls or, or boys, but that's not where I want to be. I want to follow my daughter. And so that being said, I have to be able to let go. And, and all the parents are telling me, no, 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 no. You're like, you're the best coach. The girls love you. You, you encourage them. You're hard on them. You push them. And I, I say, I get that. And I appreciate that you get that. And thank you for that. And I feel fulfilled when I coach. But really, at this point, the girls need more skills than I know. That's true. And, right. And, so it's like, take somebody with my passion. The, 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 take all of that that you say, and thank you. And take all of that, and now find somebody that really knows that sport. Correct. And so you go, like okay, just- pass it on to somebody else. And mm-hmm. I think that that's the, the key to to, to prosperity is understanding that profit and sustainability need to equal prosperity. So profit, sustainability, how do you make money? How do you sustain making that level of money so that you can be prosperous? And everybody wants that on a day-to-day basis. And, you know, those are, are, are these important things for businesses to understand is to say, the prosperity, I should not get in the way of the prosperity of the business. And that ego component, again, falls back into kind of that spirituality of saying, hey, I, you shouldn't have more than you need. Don't be so egocentric and, and learn, learn, learn to come back to your point is to say, well, am I learning or am I teaching? And if I'm not, or am, teaching, <laughs> or am I, or am I in the way? Perfect, absolutely a trilogy. Yeah. Am I learning? Am I teaching? Or am I getting in the way? And mm. I think that if you're not teaching, as a human being, you should always be curious about learning new, just new things, new skills, new experience. Doing- and if you're not doing either, get out the way and have the humility to, <laughs> to do it. So, Mr. Remind, um, so the your point on, uh, oh, what was it? You know, sometimes that I wish that you could just put like a, like in a conversation, like say that for later, because I want to listen to what you have to say, but let, 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 let's get back to that later. Uh, getting, it, it was something to do with about getting out of your way. Um, Letting my kids somebody grow. else is, well, no, it had to do with getting out of your way when the business is outgrowing you. And I yeah. wanted to t- talk about, you, you, you were talking, you talked about PC and there was something to do with like, let's say freedom of thought and speech. There's elements of that in my mind. And then there's, okay, yes. So the spiritual journey, the aspect of this, how, how getting out of the way uh, when somebody, or recognizing that the business is outpacing you, mm-hmm. uh, find somebody to put into that position to elevate yourself and, and help the business. 
the spiritual journey aspect of that is, well, now you got to find the right person. Mm-hmm. And you can either do a find an okay person, a good person, let's just say a right person, wrong person. The way you find that out is in hindsight after it's happened. Now that's the journey. You look back and you're like, okay, well, I've learned something from this. Mm-hmm. That wasn't the right person. So maybe you have to jump in, fix their shit that they made. Maybe it's, it's, it's broken and done. And now you start something new, but you're still on a journey or a path forward. You're, you have not failed because you have all this uh, experience now that you've gained up until that point. So because you've been swimming through the river of chaos and discovery and contemplation and innovation to find something that is of value to people that maybe hasn't been done before. So you're kind of remixing. Here's an aspect from, from um, Kevin Kelly's book, Remixing. So you're remixing existing things to then come with something new. You're taking a bunch of seeds that already exist mm-hmm. to find this new aspect. There's the innovation. You're swimming through chaos. Now you, you apply order based on the, all that experience that you've had mm-hmm. just previously of applying orders. So now you're a little bit wiser and have that more experience to make a better decision. And maybe then when you get to that crossroad of, uh, okay, I need to get out of the way now. Uh, who do I choose to be the new leader? You'll make a better decision that time, right? Uh, and then, so hopefully that makes sense. It does, it, it, it <laughs> does. It, it, now, it really puts things almost in full circle. And now the other thing that you had talked, you just you just talked about PC and our PC culture right mm. now, and is the antithesis to well, okay, I'm adding this is the antithesis to progress. In some ways, I don't want to say that you you already have said it. Don't say certain things or say them like you, you you'll say a racial slur. Face the consequences; those aren't going to be good. Now mm-hmm. society is going to fail because of that. Okay, yes, that's of extreme. But uh, if you, you know, if there are things that you cannot say, or if too many people, let's say, are punished by big organization or whatever, mm-hmm. you won't get to that point of discovery. Too much stagnation will happen. Too much order takes over. That river stops. The water runs dry. And then what the hell are you left to do? Right. Mm-hmm. If we can't have, you know, just look, look, be a safe place to, or maybe this is the balance of order and chaos, have a safe place to have a conversation and know that if I say something, I'm not attacking your ego because I'm not attacking you because you, you know, to, to me, I am a sum of all of my ideas. Those aren't my ideas anyways. Let's detach from that. That's hard to do. Okay. So that's how feelings get hurt. But yeah. if we can come to a place where we know that when we have a discussion um, and now we're fighting biology here because biology wants us to be tribal. Biology wants us mm-hmm. to, to, to win and you know biology wants us to procreate and really doesn't care about the other but we do we there's a, there's billions of people in the world so therefore we have to socially care about others this is the way that we care about our family so if we if we can let's say start a conversation and this is where candor uh is is important i keep looking on the side because i have sticky notes uh, <laughs> of our core values here so i make sure i don't forget them if we practice that uh aspect of that's what I like about Russians sometimes. They're like, oh, they're cold, they're assholes. They're like, oh man, they're candid. It's great. You know where mm-hmm. you're at with them. Yeah. Um, uh, if, if, if we know that it's okay to come to say, if we first know that no idea is our idea, we think that we are uh, the accumulation of all of our ideas, but those mm-hmm. ideas we just happened upon. So we associate with that. There's mm-hmm. our ego, that's us. If we can disassociate with that enough to be able to be allowed to be criticized and know that someone's conversation, someone's critique of my thought, it's not an attack on me because that's not me who even came up with that thought in the first place. And then have that conversation, have the willingness to have that conversation. It's like, what the hell do you actually mean by 
having that critique of, of me? Or what do you really mean by, you know, let's say you're conservative and I'm liberal. Well, why do you have that thought? And then you kind of ask this question, dig a bit deeper and have an open conversation and not try to think so much of like them versus us. Like, oh, cool. We actually agree more than we do. Or what initially seemed like something that was, oh, that could come off. That sounds racist or that's ignorant. Or why are you saying that? You're such an asshole. Like, that's not PC. Uh, it's like, oh, you didn't mean that at all. And then you have this place that you can oh, have for progress. I I, I can give a clear example. Hmm. There was a, a situation where in the news, there was somebody who wanted to be identified as binary, them, they. Binary. Binary part. Thank you very much. No, no, no. And, I, what, what, was, what does that mean? Binary? Oh, well, exactly. So <laughs> they don't, they don't want to be identified as, as he, he, she, they were he, she, they, or okay. so I'm curious. So I asked my mm -hmm. wife, I said, why do you think that is? And mm -hmm. oh my God, did I open up a can of worms? Mm -hmm. What do you mean? You're, are you being this? Are you being that? And, and she's challenging their ability to have their exactly. And oh. why are you, where are you putting, where are you putting them in a box? I was like, I just, I just want to understand. I want yeah. why do you need to understand? Can you not accept it? I said, yes, mm -hmm. I can accept it. I am accepting it. Let me let me break it down for you. You don't want to be you don't want to be identified or put in a box. So you don't want to be he. You don't want to be she. Okay, great. But now you're them. That's a box. Well, no, that's not how it works. Well, mm. yes, it is. You, you 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 people need to be identified, and so it's either he or she that we've currently used. Now we're putting a third box and we're calling him them, and I'm okay mm. with that. And I was like, okay. It, but they say, oh, they don't want to be identified. Oh my goodness gracious! Just so now because they. <laughs> I was, I was curious, no. and hmm. right, and I respect and that. Get, I re respect that. Yeah. But my curiosity got me. There is a bias on the other side because I was curious. Yeah. And because I, I, and I, I don't find that, I don't find that right either because yeah. you're curious because you're asking questions doesn't mean that you're challenging the situation you're 100%. looking at that, that bias has an impression of what you mean it's like no we should let's figure out what we mean i said this to my mom a few few weeks ago you know parents are always okay no for some people parents are uh, easy to have a conversation with for many people they're very challenging point because mm -hmm. if, if there's anyone in the world to parent that can push your button and get you revved up so it's like well why is that and so my mom and i have this discussion it was Mom, you're you're you think you know what I'm saying. We should rather than because we're you know son, mother and son, uh, we can quickly like we don't care about hurting each other's feelings as much as we would mm -hmm. a total stranger because we know what the consequences are, uh, and we're willing to risk that. Whereas with a stranger, you won't be as candid, right? Mm -hmm. So we'll finish sentences and soon we know what we're thinking where it's like oh you don't know our our job as a conversationalist to be make sure that we understand what each other means so we can be on that platform it's like ah i know what you mean you know what i mean i know that you know what i you know what i mean and then we can converse from there so in that sense the bias was you're questioning this therefore you're challenging this and therefore that's bad mm -hmm. no it's like that i don't think that's not what you're doing so let's train people maybe not train people but let's like hmm, too much pc doesn't even get us to the point of where we can even discover, uh, but why is it bad that 
I was like, maybe a percentage of me questioning this was me challenging that. And why is it bad? Well, explain it to me. Ah, now I know. Well, thank yeah. you. Now I'm better. So by, by jumping into the hot water of a topic, then, then you're, let's say, liberated in a sense of, ah, I'm a little woker now because, okay, that's why that exists. And then you can make the decision, okay, you know what? I, I know a bit about history and I know a bit, a bit about how the past has gone. And now I know this information now. I'm going to challenge that because, you know what? I don't think that's a, that, that's a smart idea. And I'm not saying that not letting somebody yeah, call yeah, themselves yeah, names. That, that's not my example at all. I'm talking in general. Absolutely. Uh, and, 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 and it's okay to disagree. And that's what is. a lot of people don't understand. It's okay yeah. to have a different point of view. Yeah, that's it, it doesn't it doesn't mean that you disrespect them it's just yeah. like well i i and and to to bring it kind of full circle mm-hmm. is that spirituality is about learning and growing in my opinion to be spiritual to is, is to empty your cup right empty your cup every time that you get the chance to so that you can learn something else show up at a meeting with the mindset that you're wrong and that that openness is what creates growth collaboration encouragement i mean when you think about spiritual you think of a nice person you think of a person who is kind who is posed and i mean associate that with leadership in a business where you listen to everybody and you take everybody people in, in consideration, but yet you have certain rules that you don't bend and that's about spirituality. And so there are certain guidelines that you just won't break. And so like how better way to close this, this conversation out by saying, yeah, you know what, what Boris was saying about being able to, ask questions and be curious uh, is what kids do and and they're on a journey as well so i mean i i think we can go on forever but what you just said there just kind of made me go wow whoop, full circle <laughs> on yeah. where all of this started about. well boris can how can people get a hold of you are you okay with people getting a hold of you yeah sure um linkedin yeah, look me up on LinkedIn, Boris Maganich. Um, go to 360pros.net and just drop a line there. Um, yeah, I'm not, I, I don't go on Instagram or really Twitter. Yeah, no. I try, I try to, to, to not. I mean, if you want to get a hold of me, get a hold of Martin. And I'll, I'll look, look <laughs> yeah. Uh, you, one thing you would ask, like, who are some people that I listen to or, or that, that gives them a sort of influence? Um, you know, there's, there's a few podcasts that, uh, that I listen to mm-hmm. that I think are pretty cool for people to check out. Like, okay, so Neil Which deGrasse one? Tyson, Neil deGrasse Tyson from Star Talk. Yeah, awesome. I think he's got some, you know, it's a show about, he's an astrophysicist, but man, he is, he is she deep is so, oh. and wise. His ability, Very deep and wise and centered. his ability to rationalize things and educate you, you know, you're smart when you can take astrophysics and mm-hmm. make it simple for you to understand. You're like, you, Lord, old thundering mighty, you are a smart person. Mm. Yeah. 
I agree. I mean, one podcast that I listen to and a lot of people listen to that I think is is very challenging and sometimes almost spiritual is Joe Rogan. Like he's mm-hmm. not afraid to tackle any conversation and he's he's got his opinions and and yeah. rightfully so, but his ability to 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 punch holes in certain concepts is 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 really good. I I I I'm with you and and he's had Mr. Degrassi on a few times, I believe. Yeah, let's just for a couple more minutes. I like this. Well, let's exchange some podcasts that we like, and then also with with um, uh, fuck, I forgot it again. Yeah, what are some other podcasts that you listen to? And I'll remember my point. <laughs> I I don't even listen to my podcast sometimes. Uh, I've I'm very I'm very busy, and I tend to reread a lot of books. I tend to reread a lot of books. And, and so for me, the seven habits of highly effective people are yeah. one of them. Mm-hmm. Simon Sinek, um, start with why leaders eat last is another one. I do, I do a lot of memory work with Jim quick. So there's Jim quick that I listen to and, and um, Simon. And then when I have, when I make the time, Tim Ferriss has always been one of the leaders in regards to podcasts to which I appreciate. I like how he breaks things down and stuff like that. So that this is the first time that I've shared what I listen to. Uh, I tend to, I tend to lose focus when I listen to a podcast. Mm. Um, and so I love interacting. So I much prefer recording the podcast than listening to the podcasts. <laughs> no, but you got the books that you like. Those are, those are some good books. Oh, absolutely. And I reread, 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 reread. Uh, my dyslexia, I, I miss a lot of stuff on the first Passover. So I do that and it drives Jen, my wife, crazy. I'll listen to a podcast and if I, I have, I'll rewind it five. To, well, okay. In the car, maybe once or twice with, when I'm with her, but by myself, if I, like, okay, I'll listen to Jordan Peterson. So I got to hear like that shit 10 times again to try to understand what, he, what he's talking about. <laughs> so. And I, I live in my head. I put music on when I'm riding my motorbike and mm-hmm. and I'll put something nice and easy. And I just live in my head. I drive, I pay attention. And then when I come up with a, with a, a crazy idea, I just park it on the side and talk into it. And that's I like silence. My wife drives my wife, my kids. Are you going to not put radio on uh, what we're in the car? We can talk one. And number two, uh, they like background noise and I just like silence. So that's, uh, that's cool. Yeah. Um, Thank you, Boris, for being on the show. I really appreciate it. It was a hoot. Look at us. We're like an hour and 20 minutes into this now. Uh, really appreciate it. Thank you very much for being on the show. Thanks for having me. Hope there's valid for the listeners. Hey, it, it, so did we hit the mark? Did we have fun? Yes. Did we talk about 360 pros? Yes. Did we talk about your journey? Yes. Were there learning moments for, did we dive down friggin' deep on a whole bunch of things? Absolutely. <laughs> Was it fun and conversational? I think we hit all the marks. So thank you very much, Boris. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right. With that said, my name is Martin Hunter. I am the host of What CEOs Talk About. Please like, subscribe, and whatever marketing team tells you to do. Uh, and uh, and then uh, What CEOs Talk About is where we translate strategy into frontline operations. So thank you very much, everybody. Enjoy your summer, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. 
Thanks for tuning in to What CEOs Talk About. Make sure to click subscribe to get notified about future episodes or check us out at www.whatceostalkabout.com. We'll be right back.